Welcome back to Connected on Relay FM. This is episode nine. Today's episode of Connected is brought to you by Dash. Create beautiful dashboards with just a few clicks. Text Expander from Smile. Type more with less effort and Squarespace, where a better web starts with your website. My name is Mike Hurley. Today, I am joined by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hi, Stephen. Hola, senores. <laughs> where were you at that moment? <laughs> Under the I, desk or something? It's fine. Hey. Hey, buddy. And Mr. Federico Batici. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> How you doing, Teach? I'm doing good. What is Steven doing? I are don't you like know. fixing your old Macs behind you? What are you doing? No, my <laughs> my my phone went off like in the corner of my eye, so I looked over and was trying to read the notification as Mike called my name. And now we've drawn attention to it, so I just feel weird. See if you do you have Yosemite installed on your on your computer in front of you? The computer in front of me is running Mountain Line. My laptop on the desk is running Yosemite. What would we call it? Yes, US ten. Or <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I I re-listened to episode eight of the show, and uh, just we should never speak of it again. I had a great time last so week. That was I great, by the way, guys. <laughs> no, what, it was um, fun, especially the ending, Mike. Rebel. Thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's a call out to our brothers in arms, right? Yeah, yeah. That's sure. It's kind of what I was going for. Federico, didn't you have some follow up for us? Like some very very angry follow up. It was US ten, by the way. US 10. I US think 10. I do, Mike, actually. Yeah, because you guys didn't mention that. It was about the like Golden least, Master thing, wasn't it? Yeah, just a little thing. You know, that on the App Store, when you download the, the Yosemite GM, it's not actually a GM, at least according to Apple. It's a GM candidate. I don't know what that means, but it feels like it should be said, you know, because it's like it's not for iOS. When you when you go to the, to the developer center uh, for iOS betas, you get iOS GM, Golden Master Release. Whereas for Yosemite, Apple has done these GM candidates, which uh, seems like a different uh, way of calling these things. I don't know. I think we were joking about how there were like multiple Golden Masters and like how much more Golden can the Master get. Yeah, but Mm. it's weird because last week I thought, okay, these are candidates for a GM release, right? And that's why I told you that I that I had this follow up. But now, just today, a uh, few hours before the show, um, Apple has started approving um, Yosemite updates for apps on the Mac App Store. So there's already PCalc on the Mac App Store with Yosemite features. So it seems like the GM candidate was actually a GM. So it's that's, a non follow up slash follow up. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. That seems really strong to say that Yosemite is coming tomorrow, right? We are recording the day before an Apple event, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, that seems like it's it's very strong that it will, it will arrive tomorrow then, right? If they're approving Yosemite apps. Because that's what they did with iOS 8, right? They started approving things the day before and then everything went horribly wrong. Um, yeah. <laughs> like just terribly, terribly wrong. Especially if you had a HealthKit app. Or just any app. Really? Just any app at all? You're just downloading forever and ever and ever. Well, anyway, there's a, there's a Yosemite updates on the Mac App Store. So could be tomorrow, could be next week. I don't know. Still, Peacock is a great update, by the way. You guys should check it out. It's got a widget. It's really nice. Boom. Is that a widget? You, you on can now have. Oh, God, don't even yes, start yes. on widgets. It's a, it's you now can widget. have widgets on the dashboard and widgets in Notification Center. Dashboard, story. Dashboard's going away. Eh, not yet. So it I will. am. Uh, 
running YOS 10, as we're just going to call it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went, and I went to so go happy. look. I went to go look at a dashboard widget, and I clicked on it, and I was logged out of my computer. <laughs> like I had like open. Bi- had, nice, <laughs> nice. I had open Byword documents. I had like 19 <laughs> Safari windows open, and it just everything just gone. It's like. Oh, it's like a reset button. No, I just wanted to track a package in a widget. Thank you, Apple. And I can't recreate it. I cannot make it do it again. Uh, you know what you should do, Steven? You should restore your Mac. Oh. Was that a bell? Nope. Is that, is that your little thing, Mike? Uh, what's the name? Your, your little uh, little desk bell that you keep. What's uh-huh. the name? It's just a bell. Like uh, it's is it like one of those belts that you have like in hotel receptions? Yeah, like you... one of those. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Except it didn't sound very good. You want to try it again? No, I just don't have a very good bell. Can you do it twice? Yeah. Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> Hang on. That's wait. the worst bell in the world. <laughs> yeah. Is I... it sitting? Is it sitting on top of a pillow? Like, what is wrong with it? I never said it was a good bell. I just said it was a bell. Okay. I, I mean, not to be that guy, but we have a business now. Business okay. that makes money. Uh-huh. I would say that we can buy you a bell. Yes, you did bell. You. It has been approved. It's been approved by your co-founder. Yeah. Let's do follow up. I still pause for the sound effect as if we're on the. Ocean. I know you. Do. I noticed that then. Uh, I, so, follow up. There you go. I did it for you. <laughs> do it in your Batman voice. Uh, Where's the follow? Oh my god, that's really creepy. Anyway. The incredible. The incredible Rob Lewis has come and struck again with another pebble watch face, this time of the Relay logo. So happy. You're, so that's the one you're wearing. It, it's, it replaced the 512 pebble face, yeah. watch face. I Jason, kind of, Snell, Jason Snell should use the 512 one because he's in Dole Max. I kind of feel bad and good about this because I, I, I may have direct messaged Rob and asked him to do this it's like can you make me a relay logo one and then he he did it i love uh, rob he's just the best now i love rob too so much i did not buy a pebble as follow-up from last week i had talked about it on the show but i did why do does it. everybody know this rob guy and i don't because, because he's awesome because he's awesome and you're just not paying attention he made he federico he made a super mario pebble watch face look on his website I'll rob's the best the, i love the rob. document oh he follows me it's Rob with two Bs. Uh-huh, Everyone cool follows like you. Yeah, um, so Pebble stuff is still around. Uh, we do want to talk a little bit about the health app. I didn't put any links in the show notes, but we've gotten a ton of feedback from people saying, hey, the health app like works really well for me. I'm super happy for you. Like <laughs> I really am. You were super lucky. because I like, least- I like the feedback where somebody complains. I've seen this a couple of times. And then, like, tweets at us like a day later, and it's like, yeah, it's broken now. <laughs> They're like, oh man, it's working fine. And then it's like, oh no, wait, it's broken. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I, I still haven't managed to to get the the health app to work for me. Um, and it, trust me, I tried multiple apps, especially when it comes to food tracking and sleep analysis. You know, um, I, I it's just empty. And I tried on iOS 8.0.2, so the stable version. I tried on the uh, 8.1 beta 1, 8.1 beta 2. I tried to delete and reinstall these uh, apps that were showing issues. It's empty. So, you know, just I don't know what to think yet because it, 
it, it's empty. So um, it's counting my, uh, my, my, my steps and the flights of stairs that I, um, that I do every day. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's buggy, like things, uh, I've got, had some luck with a couple apps and other apps don't do it. And I mean, you can look at that and say, like, I'm sure there's bugs on Apple side. I'm sure there's bugs in third party apps too. But like our point is that it doesn't currently work the way Apple clearly wants it to. And we might disagree on how serious of a problem that is, but it is a problem. I I have not even bothered to use any of the health app stuff just because it seems like it's just a minefield right now. Yeah, it it just seems terrible, like a terrible idea. I'm Indeed. Not not happy about it. Yeah, and so and someone in the chat room, uh, decibel with no vowels, uh, put a link in in here of like all recorded data and like this view is terrible. Like I don't know how to read this data at all. It's super, super crazy. And and the same thing, like when you go to enable an app, there's not like one overall like checkbox of allow this to talk to everything. It's like, Oh, there's 500 little individual toggles. I have to switch to turn this on. It's really, really nuts. Apple. That's how I feel a lot of the time now. Like, size. That is just, I, I don't know, man. I feel like that there is a lot of negativity at the moment anyway, and, and I don't feel like I'm helping by, like, adding to it, but... Well, we should be objective, right? I mean, this health app was, a, you know, big publicity, and there's a section on the website you can track your, uh, your health values, and then Apple launched these... Uh, um, this integration, and then they had to pull apps from the App Store uh, because it was broken. Then they released um, this uh, 8.1.2, and nobody uh, seemingly is able to to get these uh, these values to work correctly. People are seeing duplicate data, and you c- you cannot transfer your data from one de- one device to another. It seems like a giant mess, honestly, and it should have been better, you know. Uh, Personally, and and it could be, you know, it could be that it's just me, but I know that it's not just me. But for the sake of the argument, let's say that it's just Federico having issues with the health app. You know, I, I, I don't I don't know how I could have an opinion when it's just an empty page. So, um, oh. yeah, I mean, it's empty. You know, it's it counts my steps and the flights of stairs that I that I do every day, which is not really useful because, you know, I, I know how many stairs I have. And, yeah. <laughs> In the mansion. I mean, I'm having more issues, right? Because I, I'm i having reboots again. At least one a day. Like You should... No, I can't even say yeah. it. It's just for stole my phone, right? I might as well just do that. And it's just it's so frustrating. It's just so frustrating. You know, it's... I wanted to make this point, right, because um, I, I saw that we were talking about the health app and the issues that you were having. At WWDC in June, there was a lot of um, 
I would say, positive feedback for the new Apple, you know, uh, all these new features and developers were really happy about the announcements of WWDC. And now it seems like it's it's been a few months since WWDC and now developers are kind of facing the reality that there's still a lot of stuff to fix with Apple. And also users are kind of, you know, it's like waking up after that awesome party from uh, from last night because it was so awesome last night and now it's the day after and you got a face, you know. Maybe you drink, yeah, you know, a little too much to drink and, and you don't feel so great. And now you get all these awesome features with iOS 8, but you know, some of them are kind of broken and it, maybe it's not, everything is not so great. So You're it, stretching this metaphor, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting really I, specific. Yeah. Let's just not get into the details. Anyway, uh, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. I mean, it seems like everybody is a little you could, more You could cautious. say that the, the honeymoon period is over. Yeah. I would go on a honeymoon with, with Eddie Q, honestly. <laughs> I did um, some uh, exclusive Eddie Q coverage today. Oh, yeah? yeah? You should have tip tucked me in. I should have. I really just took a picture of him from The Verge and put it on my blog because I clearly just don't care anymore. You have a blog? Oh, shut up. <laughs> so, so is 8.1 going to fix this? Does anybody yes. know? Yes, for sure. All, all of it. I can tell you, according to my sources. No, no, I don't. <laughs> Being I the don't. beta running on your own. <laughs> <laughs> we were sent a couple of screenshots. Of fixed iPhones. <laughs> no, I don't know, Stephen. Um, right now, my health app is still empty. Um, so, you know, maybe it doesn't like Italy. Maybe it doesn't, it doesn't like the metric system, which is the only real system, by the way. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but still, you know, it's made in America, the iPhone. So, um, it's made in China. Designed in California. Designed in California. So it, I it, have could, a, it could be as wrong as the people who design it. My current, my current, uh, iPhone case, which is a Spigen case, S-P-I-G-E-N. Exactly. Is it a vegan case? I'm sorry. What's Spigen. It says designed. It has on the print on the back of it. Designed in Irvine, California. Made in Korea. Oh, well, both there. of those are sadder. It's just there. <laughs> uh, a guy at work has one of those. It's like perfectly clear. Yep. And, like rubbery. Um, no, his is hard plastic. Yeah. I no, I don't like, like the hard cases. I'm still using the Apple leather one. So yeah, we're talking about that. So uh, my case has finally shipped. My silicone case. Uh, I bought it on the day that I bought my iPhone, um, and it's finally on the way to me. I bought. Why didn't you get a leather one? I bought a blue one. The leather one doesn't have the grip that I want. Oh, that's right. I feel like we talked about this. Yeah, I want I want maximum grip uh, because I have a huge mobile phone. Um, but like the Spigen one is like a like a rubbery silicone. But the, I went to the Apple Store and I felt the cases. Uh, and, and the leather one's kind of slippery or like more slippery um, so I, I wanted the, the silicon one and I'm getting a lovely bright blue one and then I'm also thinking about buying a green one all the colors mm-hmm. I found my iPod mini yes we should talk about that so, are you using it? did you charge it up? did you sync it? Uh, I charged it up and it still had all my old music on it still works um, I've just turned it on now Screen is tiny, uh, still pink. Does health app work on the iPod? Health app totally works. It's tracking my uh, tracking my fitness as we speak. The lights on. Can you can you oh, share your heartbeat yeah, with the iPod? I don't, 
I don't think it's working very well because uh, no battery power remains, apparently. It just means it's worn out. Batteries are like tires on a car. It's been off, though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's like like the tires on the DeLorean and the cave in Back to the Future 3. I have to say, though, to to hold this, it feels fantastic. Yeah. It's like... uh, It doesn't... It doesn't feel any different to like a current product, if that makes sense. Like the, if it feels, it feels modern. Yeah, like it just the the aluminium <laughs> until you feel the hard drive spin up in your hand. Well, yeah, the weight of it is so heavy. The aluminium just feels really good, and it's just it's just made well, and it just it looks fantastic. I'm so happy that I did find it because I didn't think I owned it anymore. Um, I found it in a drawer. Um, but there's more to talk about what I found in this drawer on virtual this week on Relay FM. So <laughs> that's how we do now. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just happy I found it. It's pink still. I took a picture of it, put it on Instagram. Will you put that link in the show notes? Yes. Stephen, where can you find the show notes? Federico, jump in and tell yeah, Oh, God. Um, people <laughs> can go to, to the web and they can type relay.fm slash connected slash nine. That's it. Nine as a digit. Not as a word. I don't know what happens if you type the word, but you shouldn't do uh, that. You get a 404, I'm sure. Does the 404 still say that I spilled coffee into something? <laughs> did it ever say that? Yeah, it did say that. I asked for it to say that. Um, I don't know if you knew that, but that's what I asked for. Uh, no, it does it is say take me back to civilization without a period. Good grief. Uh, that, why do you... That's going to be a ticket. So um, hold on, I, guys, I wanted to ask you. I'm sorry. I was just you know thinking about this. Um... So you two are using cases on your iPhones? Yeah. Yeah. Both of you? Yeah. This yeah. is like a thing, right? Like everybody's getting a case for the iPhone 6. And again, I don't know. It's like Rob. Uh, why is everybody putting a case on his iPhone and I don't? So for me, for me at least, it is... The, the phone is slippery and I... Yeah, I everybody use mine. keeps saying that it's slippery. It, it just, is. I've dropped mine twice in like three weeks. How um, can you? I don't know. It's slipperier, at least. I use mine like the percentage of time that I use my phone when I'm walking around, and the percentage of time I use my phone not walking around is crazy different. It's always like walking across the office or like walking down the hallway. Like I use mine on the go a lot, and it the the edges there's nothing to hold on to. Um, I I'm sorry. I, I, I believe you. I just don't get it because I cannot imagine how can can it be slippery. My phone's a lot. Maybe bigger I just as well. have I just have abnormally huge hands. Like I I, I can't get my hands around the phone. Like for seriously? The grip. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I can, but if I'm using, I can't. I can like hold it, but then I can't really do much on it with because I use I still and can use my iPhone six plus with one hand, and I do. Every day doesn't talk work about how long your fingers are. I think the problem is my hands, guys. At this point, I still maintain that your hands are big enough to to, to deal with the six plus. <laughs> yeah, but you have those fingers, Mike. That's true. They they do they do provide <laughs> me with the grip that I need. Oh my goodness! There's some links in here. One to Jason Snell's blog, Six Colors, where he talks about using a case. Um, and he's using one. I mean, and he talks about too that like the the phone is curved on the edges. You know, it, on the four through five S, you had sort of a little wall around it to hold on to, and now you don't. And it it is harder. And you know, I'm not. I'm kind of in and out of the case depending on like what I'm up to. But um, it's why would you take the case off? Why would you put it on and never take it off? Well, like I've got. 
just sometimes it's nice to have it naked. That doesn't make any sense. I only ever sense. take the case off as like fidgeting. Yeah, and like the one thing I really hate about it is you get I have it right now. If I look around the edge of where the leather meets the glass, there's like little bits of crap everywhere, and I don't. Yeah, that. this is this is new. It seems to collect dust. I've never had this problem with an iPhone before, and a case. There's something about that the the curved edges. It seems to collect dust in in the in the in the ridge. And I never had that problem with the Mophie, for example. Oh yeah, you also use the Mophie. Well, I don't anymore. You guys are strange. You couldn't so use them. I, well, one I don't need to because the battery life on my six plus is incredible. But also, you couldn't put this thing in a Mophie case. Well, you it would could, be like carrying but it around would be a baseball bat. <laughs> it would be like carrying around an iMac. <laughs> um. So okay. I'm just a stupid guy using an iPhone without a case no, and no, not using and like, a battery case. No one's saying you're stupid. You're just oh, as Johnny you. I've intended. But you, you also have some sort of like abnormally gripped hands or something. In the, in yeah. the, the, the phone doesn't Fe- slip. Federico, tell the truth. Can you yeah. climb up a wall with just your hands, Spider-Man style? <laughs> <laughs> I can climb the Colosseum in Rome with just my hands. Wow. Oh, you got to outrun, outrun the lions. It's true. I would like to take a moment to thank our first <laughs> sponsor for this week's episode, and that is our friends over at Squarespace. Squarespace have got some incredible things going on at the moment. Squarespace 7 is just launched, and I'm going to talk about that in a moment. Squarespace are the all-in-one platform that make it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and even an online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and use the offer code WORLD at checkout. A better web starts with your website. If you're looking for a new home for your blog or you've got a great new project that you're working on, maybe you're an artist, you want to show off your portfolio or you want to sell something. You want you want to sell maybe some t-shirts or you want to be like my friend Brad and sell pen, pen cases. Squarespace is the place for you. They put all of the power in your hands and take away all of the sucky stuff, the painful stuff. You don't have to worry about hosting, scaling, If you break something or you get lost, they've also got 24-7 support from their fantastic teams in New York City, Portland, and Dublin Island. Squarespace have beautiful templates. They all feature responsive web design. And with the new Squarespace 7, their brand new release, they have even more than before. They've even partnered with some cool musicians, artists, and architects, even chefs too, to develop new templates that cater to these professions. They think about the things that these people in these industries are going to need, and now Squarespace provides templates that are bespoke for them. Squarespace have also embraced something called the cover page with some of these new templates. This allows you to bring all of the power of Squarespace into one page. So you create these little single-page websites. People use them for their businesses, but people also use them for like personal website landing pages. You know, maybe you want stephenhackett.com or something, and it lists all of Stephen's fantastic stuff. Maybe it has a map and his telephone number in case you need to contact him. You can put all that stuff on a Squarespace cover page. They're also great for things like announcements, engagements, things like that. And they have some great sort of examples on the new Squarespace 7 website where you can see it, which is squarespace.com slash 7. That's S-E-V-E-N. Just the word, 7. They've also updated and done some extra cool stuff to the site editor. They put it all in one page now so you can get everything you need all in one view and you can see how your Squarespace site is updating on the fly with their fantastic little WYSIWYG thing. Stephen, you are a Squarespace user. Have you been enjoying Squarespace 7? I have. It's um, 
512 runs on it. And really the, the coolest thing is to be able to click right on a post and like fix a typo or edit something without having to go to the back end separately. It makes it really fast to jump in. Seriously, you can do that tweaks. on Squarespace? It's really cool. I'm, I'm sorry. It just, just caught my attention. Nice. Yeah, it's it's no more no more back end. It's all there oh, wow. on site right right there. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> No, I'm please, just, no, I'm genuinely pleased that you're so happy about that. That makes no, me you know, I've been I've been writing for like uh, five years, and being able to fix a typo without going back to the CMS sounds amazing. So, just sorry, guys. Please continue. It's just great. <laughs> Something else that's also really cool. Squarespace have partnered with Getty Images, so you can get uh, awesome photography, stock photography, at just ten dollars an image now with Squarespace. Um, that's an incredible deal. This stuff can be really expensive, and ten dollars an image is, is just superb. Squarespace's dev platform is out of beta now. It's available to everyone, and they've done even more to expand the functionality so you can dig deep inside Squarespace and tweak to your heart's content. Squarespace are a platform that I love. I redesigned MikeHurley.net using one of the Squarespace seven templates. I found it really simple and easy to do, and I'm super happy with the results. Um, it's nice. I have quite a, a simple. Uh, site with Squarespace and and I think that it looks really professional and it took me like 20 minutes to set up from scratch and like 15 minutes of that was finding a new template that I wanted because all of them were so lovely you can start a trial for free right now and check it out for yourself with no credit card needed and by going to squarespace.com and when you decide to sign up for Squarespace make sure that you use the offer code world at checkout and that's going to get you 10% off your first purchase thank you so much to squarespace for their support of this show and all of relay fm with squarespace a better web starts with your website topic zero a awesome zero a our our topic numbering system has fallen apart Visa working with Apple for Apple Pay in 2015, and mm-hmm. there's a link to m.v3.co.uk, which is the most ridiculous URL I've ever read. Well, only because you don't believe in anything outside of America. What's the story about? Basically, it's just um, some some Visa representatives have, have come out on record to say that they're working with Apple to roll out Apple Pay in Europe in 2015 on Visa terminals. We have Visa and MasterCard here, so obviously this is only half of the the battle. Um, but Visa basically monopolize all of the debit card space, um, as uh, rather than credit cards. MasterCard have a much heavier credit card um, function like business than a debit card business, uh, but Visa do also do credit cards too. But in the UK and in most of Europe, uh, debit cards prevail. Uh, over credit cards it's not like in, in america so money comes directly over our bank accounts um which is, that's, that's the same in italy right federico yeah. yeah yeah i mean i i yeah i do have a visa yeah yeah so uh they've come out to say that they're working on it they're looking to support it um i'm just very happy about it to hear this news 2015 is not too bad especially if it's going to be in like you know Q1 or something like that. I can live with that. Um, Federico, I know that originally you were a bit like, ah, Apple Pay, I, I'm not going to mm-hmm. use it. Um, or you don't think people in Italy will use it. Has that changed at all for you? I mean, because for me, I'm super excited. I think that it will be adopted in the UK. Um, I am excited. Um, I don't know if it will be adopted in Italy because if, uh, you know, Passbook is of any indication, it's basically non-existent. Yeah, but and I don't think, like, wait, what do you use? What, what can anyone use Passbook for, really? It was kind of... <laughs> I know <laughs> Apple made a big deal out of it, you know? They always do. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I the one time I, I I use Passbook a few times a year. Um, British Air British Airways is fantastic. Their integration with Passbook is incredible. Like I can do everything with just my phone in the airport. Um, it's it's my boarding pass. Only ever lives there. I use it to scan to get through gates. Um, it shows all of the updates live of information about where the flight, like the gate and stuff like that. But that's about it. And then kind of like for WWDC parties, that's pretty much the only times I ever use Passbook. Um, but I I would find myself I think using Apple Pay quite a lot. I don't think that it's going to make me leave my wallet at home though, because if my phone runs out of battery, then I can't pay for anything. That's where you have the watch. Let's pay with the watch. Uh, I don't think mm. you understand how the watch works. I don't yeah, so think he, you so understand how the watch works. Ah, interesting. Interesting rebuttal, sir. Here's my, here's my thought, guys. Um, culturally, here in Italy, uh, cash is still very, very strong. Um, we use cash every day for small purchases, and I'm talking a couple of euros, for big purchases, I bought my iPhone in cash. So, um, <laughs> it just sounds like you have to know good. <laughs> no, see, because there, there's a, like a stigma, right, for uh, Americans and also for, I guess, other European countries that are doing stuff with cash is like no good. Uh, it's just completely normal here. People go to the ATM every day, and we use coins, we use cash, we use, you know. And This is why mobs exist in Italy. Everybody's walking around with see, thousands of dollars. I don't know. Anyway, um, cash is still <laughs> absolutely normal here. Cash and, is king. And so my, my problem is that even young generations like me, uh, we are used to uh, using cash. And so it's not one of those things that it's like, okay, my parents are used to the old system, but I'm a young guy and I want to use fancy new tech. Young people here use cash because it's normal. So I struggle to imagine when you got to use the credit card it's usually, at least based on my experience of, you know, 26 years in Italy, um, when you use a credit, when you, when you take your credit card out of your wallet, it's because you got to make a big, you know, at least a big or important purchase. I just don't see the phone being so necessary or much more secure than the current system because we already have been using um, chip and pin for like a decade at least. So it's, it doesn't seem like a big deal to me. The technology seems amazing. I do want to try it. I just struggle to imagine everybody using it here because culturally we are different from the people that made Apple Pay in America. And it's a different scenario here. Well, American also, culture is currently not set up for Apple Pay either, but yeah, I get, I get your, your point. But they're switching to a new system yeah. so they could more easily you- jump on it. Do you have contactless payment in Italy? I feel like kind of like at McDonald's. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I tried I it. It was it was it was Sorry. very nice. It was very nice. Um, you know, I I struggle to imagine a scenario where you know everybody in Italy is which is to Apple Pay because we don't have this uh, desire or at least this wish for a better credit card system because we have cash and because the current credit card system is already. Uh, Pretty, uh, I wouldn't say stable, but at least more secure than what Americans have. So um, 
It could be that maybe Apple Pay is so amazing, it will catch on because it's much, much better than, than Passbook. I just feel that in the short term, we will have a pretty similar scenario with, you know, it's, it makes for a very nice demo. It's a really attractive application on the iPhone. It's probably awesome. It will be awesome for people outside of Europe. Maybe it will be non-existent here. I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm curious to try it. Just skeptical. There you go. I remain very excited. Stephen, 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 what yes. do, what do you what do you remain? I remain hopeful, because and a lot of people have said this that at least here in the states, like there's already a move towards something better than like plastic cards with a magnetic strip that you hand a perfect stranger. Seems like maybe there's room for improvement there, and with that coming, you know, hopefully Apple's got good timing and. Uh, it, it will sort of fall into place. Will that mean that I can use it at little coffee shops down the street? Probably, you know, maybe. Uh, I think like a lot of things like this is going to end up in big places and filter its way down. I'm hopeful, but I'm not going to hang my hat on saying that it's going to take over the world. There you go. There you go. Steven, tell me about the Apple Watch in history. Yeah, so there was a, a article, well, a transcript, I should say, in Business Insider. Uh, Johnny Ive was interviewed as part of, the, part of the Vanity Fair Summit, which is actually a pretty interesting. Like, they've done some other interviews, and they're always really good. Uh, so Johnny Ive was there last week, and the, the, whole, the whole transcript is well worth reading. But the very last like question and answer at the end was really interesting. And so someone in the crowd asked Johnny Ive, do you see yourself moving beyond consumer electronics? And he responded by saying, I do see the watch as a move away from consumer electronics. And that really, like, really jumped out at me. You know, Apple predated, like the, the way we think of consumer electronics and the way people thought of consumer electronics in 1976 when Apple was founded very different things like before the personal computer consumer electronics looked one way and then personal computers really took over consumer electronics like anything we consider as a consumer electronic today really is a computer in a lot of ways and if you look at the other companies that were around then and who helped make that possible obviously it wasn't just apple it was microsoft but dell and hp and all these other hardware guys and all these companies are in trouble because they're, they, they don't have a way past the personal computer. You know, Apple has that with the iPhone and iPad, right? Steve Jobs said that the iPad ushered in the post-PC era. And we're actually going to talk a lot about that here in a second. But the, the tablet and the phone was Apple's way out of the personal computer, extending past the personal computer, but still within the universe of consumer electronics. And now Johnny Ives on stage with an Apple Watch saying... This is a this is beyond consumer electronics even. This is not just beyond the PC. It's not beyond post PC. It's something completely different. Hmm. And that's a ginormous thing to say. I would love to know what Johnny Ives' definition of a consumer electronic is because the Apple Watch is electronic and it's sold to consumers. Like I don't know I well, uh, I don't know what sure. more like you know I'm breaking it down and making it sound stupid. 
but I don't know what more it could be. Like, what is it if it's not a consumer electronic? It's a fashion device. I knew you were going to say that, but it's still and electronic. Apple, it's still electronic. Well, right? that's what Apple sells it as. Apple says, "Hey, this is a, a fashion accessory." I bet if and you said course, to them, "Is this a fashion accessory?" They would say, "This is beyond a fashion accessory. It's beyond right. everything." The Apple but, Watch is its own category. So, so what you have to do is you have to look at that statement. And you have to apply the Apple marketing Phil Schiller BS filter to it and say, <laughs> is this mean? something like, you know, like bigger than bigger with the iPhone? Like that doesn't actually mean anything. That's not even a statement. I actually uh, like that. This I is like from the company that said. Bigger than bigger than bigger. <laughs> this is from the company that on the iMessage page for iOS 8 is like, uh, LOL, LOL <laughs> actually L or something like so for Johnny, I have to say this is interesting. Maybe he stumbled into something bigger than what he meant to say, but I don't think he did. I think he really believes that that uh, my mic. I'm so excited. Hit that the watch and that everything that everything that the watch portrays. So not just this like S1 powered, water resistant, bajillion dollar gold watch that he's wearing. Like it's beyond just this one product. That he looks at the watch and what the watch will become. And says, so this is beyond consumer electronics. And I think the tipping point is that it is about fashion. It is about something that you wear on your body that becomes part of your outfit. That, you know, uh, when we've talked about this before, that people self identify with things like watches and glasses and shoes and help those things help descri- help build a story and how we project ourselves into the world. And I think that's what he means that. You know, like it does say something about me, like that I bought a Mac, but like not at all like something that I wear on my wrist every day. And I think it's obviously hyperbole to a degree, but I don't think it's hyperbole to the degree that Mike, you want to say it is. That I think he really believes this that, you know, when the PC goes away and one day the PC industry, as we know, will be gone. And it looks like it might be happening sooner rather than later with things like HP exploding and. Uh, the Mac is still growing, but overall, the PC industry is sinking to the bottom of the ocean. If the PC industry goes away, Apple's left with post-PC, iPad, and iPhone, and whatever the watch is, we'll call it post-post-PC, whatever that thing is. And, and I think the watch is Apple's first attempt at saying, we have to move past post-PC to survive, because the PC, where we made our money for 30 years, is going away. And Apple started that in 2001 with the iPod and in 2007 with the phone and 2010 with the iPad, moving past and bigger and beyond the PC itself. And now I think they're looking one rung further up that ladder, further out of saying we even have to get past post-PC if we want to survive in the long term. I think the watch is the first of what could be very a very wide range of examples of Apple trying to do this. I know I'm having a war of semantics. Like I know that's that's my overriding point I think that a lot of this just comes from I think that sometimes Apple have the ability to overbet themselves for what their products are you know the iPod hi-fi you know I feel like sometimes they can hype it up way too much and we don't really know if this is going to be successful but we don't know Sure. No, we could we could look back in, and in, so five years, we're sitting here on a Wednesday talking on the show, and we look back and be like, guys, like the watch was a major cluster. Like it, it very well could happen. And Apple definitely has 
done that. I don't, I don't think the hi-fi is a fair example because no, it, it extends to the iPod. But if you look further back, you look at things like the Newton. You look at things uh, like, um, I would even argue, things like the PowerBook Duo. Like the idea that I have a laptop that is really small and portable, but I take it home and I put it in this big dock and it gets really more powerful. And like the quick take, like Apple has had ideas that didn't take off. And the watch very well could be one of those. But Tim, but Tim Cook and Johnny Ive can't be on stage and be like, I really hope this does well. No, they no, have to sell it that, as like, like, we are beyond post-PC with this because if they don't approach it that way, it never has a chance. This is not a consumer electronic. It's an extremely bold statement to make. Because yeah. what you're saying is it's 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 not even in its own product class. Like It's not a wearable. It's not even anywhere near what you expect it to be. We're not even a consumer electronics company anymore. We are a fashion company. It, it's like you are putting a lot on this. It, it, I, I no, they are. And, and like I said, that made me nervous. When Tim Cook said, this is the next chapter in Apple's story, I was like, bro, like, you can't throw that around. Like, Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's it, it's not the same, obviously. But Mike, it's like you saying, you know what, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to like work on this thing that I founded full time. Like it's that sort of like bold statement. You've made a very bold statement of saying that you're going to take a relay full time. Like it's, you can't do that. And you have to be excited about that because if you're not excited about it, it will never succeed. I haven't like defined a new job structure. Like I was like, there is no such thing as full time and part time, part time anymore. There's all time. And that's what I'm doing. It's, you know, <laughs> it that's does. accurate actually, Mike. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> relay feels like it's all time. <laughs> <laughs> Just define a new structure. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so I just wanted to say, guys, it may sound stupid, but um, Stephen, you mentioned uh, all these uh, past experiments. And by the way, the PowerBook uh, Duo sounds amazing. I would um, love one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know it existed. This is going to shock this you This is guys. why I've, we have I've Stephen on the show. I've written about the PowerBook Duo. I'm sure you own one as well. You know... Okay, I'm just going to say this. If you own a PowerBook Duo and you want to mail me one, please do, because I do not own one. I really would like one. <clears throat> please carry okay, on. Okay, so um, those past experiments were from a company that wasn't you know, at the top of the consumer electronics space. But this so isn't now, a consumer uh, electronics, Federico. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on. I see what he's saying, though. Let him get through it. So now it's the biggest technology company in the world, and they can basically do or say whatever they want. So uh, if they want to say this is not a, a consumer electronics product, they have the audience and the power and the influence to do that and people believe that. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still marketing and PR. And so they, they say things, but you got to understand that it's a company that needs to make money. So if they want to say this is, a, this is a fashion device, it may not be semantically or technically true, but it's the marketing perspective that matters. So if they want to say the Apple Watch, and not, so we can discuss whether it, is, it's true or not. Personally, I believe that it is. But still, from a marketing perspective, they want to say it's a fashion device, then it's a fashion device because they're so big, they want to do fashion, they go after fashion. It's not the, the Apple of 20 years ago that, okay, yeah, we're doing a digital camera or we're doing this, uh, you know, this computer that Stephen Hackett 20 years later wants. Um, <laughs> is it 20 years, Stephen? 10 15? Uh, anyway, uh, let's say let's say 10. 1992. Right? So, 25 yeah. nearly. Yeah. yeah. So, so 40 years ago. Mike. Anyway, um, they're so big now they can do whatever they want. So I think the problem is not 
whether they say it's a fashion device or it's a consumer electronics device, it's whether they can have a clear message and we could argue, and maybe we, you know, this is, could be a nice introduction to the next topic. We could argue that the, the message behind the Apple Watch is much more uh, focused and clear than what the iPad is going through. Because the Apple Watch is already, people already know what the Apple Watch is. It's a nice watch made by Apple. So it's got some iPhone-like features and some fitness stuff. But it's a watch, so it's fashion and it looks great, and people want it. The iPad, still, almost five years later, people still say, yeah, you know, the iPad is nice, I don't need an iPad. I need a phone and a computer. So that's a bigger problem. So maybe the reason why they're saying, no, this is not consumer electronics, this is fashion, is because it, it's a more direct and understandable message. That was my whole point. That's an excellent point. Uh- I like to poke um, at these things because I think that they're interesting to discuss. I get the idea that, you know, they are on top. Like, they can do whatever they want to do. Like, that, that, it's up to them completely. And and if they want to call it that, they can call it that. But I, I like to, to talk about these things. So I think it's interesting. I think it's so bold. It just worries me. As, as, a, as a lover of Apple, these, these things just concern me. But, but there we go. This week's episode of Connected is also brought to you by our friends over at Dash. Dash is a super cool website that lets you quickly create real-time custom dashboards. These dashboards allow you to get a visual overview of important data for your website, business, or even your life. Dash is an awesome web app that allows you to pull in data from a variety of different sources. You can then, with these little widgets that they have, you can drag and drop them around on the page, and you can lay out the dashboard for the modern age. This isn't like the crazy dashboard that we were talking about earlier. This is a great dashboard. This is one that it lives in your web browser. You can pull in a uh, data from sources like App Figures, Google Analytics, GitHub, Twitter, Chartbeat, Pingdom, and so many more. You can even get geeky yourself, and you can display your own custom data in Dash. They have an API that allows you to share data from Dropbox or the web. You can create custom widgets with line charts, tables, or you can even use iframes to do everything yourself. It feels like something Stephen would do. Um, Dash allows you to basically get a view on all of the important stuff in your life. So for example, you can, I have a relay one where I pull in Twitter and I pull in the podcast directory top charts so I can see what people are saying about us. I can see where the shows are ranking. Um, I can see things like our Google Analytics information. Um, Federico, you can see information from your Wifing scale. You can have that show up right there. Um, you can track GitHub issues. It's I love this app. I've been playing around with it for a, for a few days and I've been so impressed with all of the information that I can pull in. Um, and it's just like a really nice way of having a page, uh, like a little tab open in Chrome where I can just jump in and I can see what's happening with a bunch of data sources for my business at any time. The pricing model is a lot like GitHub. Everyone gets unlimited public dashboards so you can share live data with the Dash community. So all public dashboards are shared with everybody and you can go into the Explore tab on their website and you can see what other people are doing, get some ideas for some uh, of your own dashes that you want to create. And if you upgrade to their pro account for just $10 a month, you get unlimited private dashboards too. So these are ones that are just for you to see. 
However, Dash is currently running an awesome limited time promotion. If you sign up for a free account right now at at thedash.com, that's T-H-E-D-A-S-H.com, you'll also get one private dashboard in addition to your free account's unlimited public dashboards. There's no credit card required and you'll keep your private dashboard forever. Don't delay. Go and sign up for this right now. There's no reason why you shouldn't. It's absolutely free to you, and you're going to be able to keep that private dashboard forever. So go sign up right now at thedash.com. Thank you so much to Dash for supporting this show and Relay FM. So, guys, um, a few days ago, um, I was buying pizza for dinner, and because I, I still cannot make pizza because I don't have a kitchen with, you know, a, a full kitchen at the new place. So um, there's this, this little pizza shop um, in Rome. Uh, it's a five-minute drive, and uh, it's called Gusto Più, which mean, means uh, taste plus in English, uh, by the way. Um, so I was, I was there, and uh, I asked for the pizza, and, and, um, and you know, I was waiting, um, and I was using my iPhone. And the pizza guy... Um, yeah, you know, it was um, after he, he put the pizza in the in the oven. He, he, he walks out and he, and he looks at me and and he's like, "Is that an iPhone 6? Yeah, I mean, and I tell him, "Yeah, it's an iPhone six. And he's like, "Can I can I see it?" And you know, it's this has been pretty common. And so we start talking about the iPhone six. You know, um, uh, the battery life, the camera is faster. Have you tried the the bigger iPhone? So we're talking about Apple, and apparently the guy is still using an iPhone four. Um, so I tell him, yeah, you cannot do the iOS 8 update. And he, and he tells me that he's been considering an iPhone 6. So I, I ask him, um, do you have other Apple products? You know, because I st- always enjoy uh, listening to, to what, you know, people that uh, don't write for technology websites, how they see tech and, and Apple specifically. So he tells me that he's been considering a Mac. And then he says... Uh, the iPad is nice, but you know, I don't. I just, I don't need the iPad. I need a computer at home and a phone with me. And that's, you know, that's. Uh, I guess it's very common to hear that kind of reaction from uh, casual people, especially younger people. And it makes me think every every time because uh, the iPad is almost five years old, right? Uh, next January, it will be the fifth anniversary of the iPad introduction. Um, and and still people don't get it. And not because they're stupid, not because they're dumb, but because they don't see the message and they don't see the purpose of the device. They st- even younger generations, even, you know, this guy is my age, probably younger, and, and they still see the computer at home and the phone, you know, all the time with you in your pocket. So the tablet... It's still a problem, apparently, for Apple. They still have to understand what's the, what the iPad is for. And tomorrow, there's an Apple event. And according to, to the rumors, and apparently there's been a leak on the iTunes, on the iBook store, uh, we will see an <laughs> iPad Air 2 and an iPad Mini 3. And also, we've seen the numbers. We've seen the, the charts and the graphs. And we have seen the iPad growth um, slow down considerably over the past year or past two years. Um, so my question to you and, my, you know, the discussion that I want to have, why do people still struggle to understand the iPad? And is there something that Apple can do to, you know, to make the device um, a must-have for people? Or is that even necessary? I feel like that, that window's passed. 
like I feel like if if you can't if you can't have already convinced um somebody that this is a device that they want like I don't I don't know what more this device the iPad can do to to prove that like I can't see any like incredible advancement that Apple can make um that makes it more attractive to somebody that doesn't own one of these things already. Like I I feel like that there are things that Apple can do to make people buy another iPad. You know, like advancements you can make to iOS or to the iPad models themselves to make people want to buy the next version. But I think at this point like you're always going to pick up new people, you know, but I don't think you're going to pick up like iPhone levels of people. I just don't see it happening. I, yeah, I don't know cool. what I don't know what they do, but I feel like your window's probably passed in which you could do something like that. Right. I mean, and you've said yourself as an iPad owner for a long time that you haven't used yours at at all, if yeah. I understand correctly, since I've, you're buying the six plus. I've I've always gone in waves with the iPad. Um yeah, me too. And and so I like use them I use them religiously for a while and then kind of fall out. And I and I've missed cycles completely. Um, which is, you know, I I don't I've never done it of an iPhone. I've mi- I completely missed cycles and just let them go by. Um, like the the, ori- the the original iPad, I bought an iPad one and an iPad two. I bought an iPad three close to the end of its life, just because I was in the states and could get it for pretty cheap. Didn't bother with the iPad four at all. Um, but and then and then bought a mini and then a, a Retina mini. I I mean. I bet you've owned more than most iPad owners. Yeah, I know, but th- that's not every iPad. And it's also I also didn't buy every iPad as soon as they came out, right? So it's not a massive thing, but it's it's for me, I would have expected when the original one came out, I will buy every iPad that there ever is because I love this thing. But there just seemed to be just not a desire for me to keep on the bleeding edge of it where I do have that with the with the iPhone. Like I'm like I just want the next iPhones and I will always want the next iPhones in theory. Um but I mean we're on the eve of the event, but I can't think of anything Apple could do to make me want to buy another another iPad in the next six to eight months. Like I just don't see it. <laughs> or next twelve hours. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean can I, I just get it. say yeah can I just ahead. say that I have a theory that maybe um the desire to upgrade is directly proportional to the amount of time that you spend with the with the device. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that makes perfect. Because so maybe the yeah. iPad upgrade desire um, growth is um, at the same level of a of a Mac. Probably, you know, it's it's a big device. It's that you buy. It, it, I don't know. It's it's strange because it's not a Mac, but it's also not an iPhone, and maybe that's a problem. It's not a price thing. It's not a price thing. Not for me, a- anyway. It's not a price thing because uh, an iPad would be cheaper than what I paid for my iPhone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's yeah. that. Right. You no, know, it's you know. I mean, Jobs announced the iPad in 2010. Is like it's got to do things better than a smartphone and better than a laptop. And and the things that I use my my iPad Air for are the things that. Jobs showed off in that original keynote. It's reading while on the couch or in a chair, doing some video stuff, doing some browsing. And, you know, we're going to get in a second, Federico, so don't, I'm going to, don't cut loose quite yet about if you need a Mac at all anymore. But I, I do think, like, the iPad does exist in this middle ground. And 
I think Apple really tried to to make the point that the iPad is unique a couple of different times. If you remember with the iPad, the initial uh, kind of push with the apps was iWork. So Keynote, uh, which Keynote is pretty nice on the iPad, actually, uh, but uh, pages and numbers, right? Like, hey, it's a productivity machine. We sell this keyboard dock. You can plug it in. You can do word processing on an iPad. And then it was a couple years later with iLife. Oh, man, you can make music on an iPad, and you can have iPhoto and iMovie, and like iPhoto for iOS doesn't exist anymore, and GarageBand's okay but kind of weird, and iMovie's cool but kind of weird. And So they tried productivity. They've tried creativity. And now I think if they if these rumors of like side-by-side apps or like more powerful multitasking, especially with a bigger one, uh, things with like the IBM partnership, Apple, I think, has swung back around and said, hey, it's a productivity device, and, like, you can go do salesman things on it. And and for me, for normal, cons- I mean, average consumers and people like us, me and Mike, Federico, you're special, uh, I've always struggled. People struggle with what is the purpose of the iPad, you know. For me, uh, if I'm working, which for me involves writing or editing audio or you know, doing research or doing what I do for my day job, like I'm best served by a Mac. And if I'm on the go, I'm best served by an iPhone because if it's in my pocket and it's always with me and it's my primary mobile device and the iPad is like, well, it's there if I'm on the, like hanging out on the couch or like in the backyard, I want to do some reading, but that's not a big use case. And so it sits and, and like Mike, like you said, it goes in waves for me. There are times where I'm very productive on the iPad and I want to do a lot on it. And then I'll pick it out of my bag and it's dead because it's been sitting in my backpack for a month. And it's it's hard to justify with that sort of usage buying a new one tomorrow. I picked up my iPad a couple of days ago um, and I had a, a notification on the lock screen telling me that uh, my iPad hasn't been backed up in three weeks. <laughs> Is that, yeah, that's fine. Hmm. So I have a few points. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's a collection of problems for Apple and the iPad. The first one is that the main the main reason the iPad exists, uh, you know, the Steve Jobs original demo, you know, you're on your couch and you're browsing the web, you can hold the web with your hands, you can, you know, manipulate content and there's a big screen. That reason um, to exist has been largely uh, replaced by phones because now you can do all the things that an iPad can do. You can hold the web in your hands because you have uh, a screen so big and so high res. It's it's a pleasure to look at and it's a pleasure to hold. And it's always with you because, you know, it's also a phone with a cellular antenna. So it's not a tablet that you only have to use at home. The second problem, um, Apple itself has somehow failed to show people after the iPad 2 uh, why the iPad needs to exist. Uh, there was the iWork demo for the first iPad. There was the iLife demo for the second iPad. And then it was just a matter of hardware changes, you know, a higher resolution screen mm-hmm. or smaller iPad or, you know, even smaller iPad, lighter <laughs> iPad and somewhat weird iPad with the iPad 4. And yeah. <laughs> and so Apple didn't didn't exactly uh, underline the importance of software made specifically for for the iPad in the past few years, 
The third problem is related to the second one, is that it didn't enable developers to, to create specific... Uh, and as Steve Jobs said, and I don't want to use this word, but it's the marketing term that, that they use, magical software for the iPad. And by magical, I mean the kind of software that it's only possible on the device. And what I'm saying is confirmed by going to the App Store, looking at the iPad App Store, and you will struggle to find apps that are only available on the iPad because most developers also make apps for the phone and most iPad apps, as much as Tim Cook likes to make fun of it, are bigger versions of iPhone apps. Mm -hmm. So even third-party developers don't have, um, you know, maybe it could be it could be because Apple doesn't set a clear example, but developers didn't didn't really create, you know, with the exception uh, of a few names that anyway later uh, became available on other platforms, such as Flipboard. Uh, so I would say with the exception of Paper, the drawing app, and a few others, uh, there's really not an incentive for developers to, to make an iPad-only app at this point. And my, my final point is that the Yourverse campaign on Apple.com, it's, it's really nice to look at. They got a nice design on the web pages. Um, there are good stories, you know. It's always nice to read the story about, you know, uh, an orchestra director using an iPad or a scientist using an iPad in a lab to, you know, to take measure measurements and stuff. But it fails at communicating why everyday usage of the iPad can be revolutionary for people. So, okay, it's nice to see, you know, these people going on a, a mountain with an iPad. Or, yeah, I can dive with an iPad and take photos under the sea, but then again, I, you know, I could die. Uh, so, um, <laughs> <laughs> there's really not, there's no everyday person story there. It's, uh, right. it's, like, going to a, it's like going to a fashion magazine and reading about celebrities. It's, it's an exception. It's a nice exception. It's a nice story, and it's great photography. Uh, but it's just, I guess, that people struggle to relate to that. Yeah, and it's, it's you see Apple trying to correct that with some of the app stuff, making it you know, more flexible with iOS 8 apps and everything. But um, it's definitely, the software is definitely a problem. And while they can fix it, I agree with Mike, uh, it might be too late. That I don't Weird. know. See, it's, uh, I don't know if it's ever too late, uh, especially when, I mean, you have, when you have the Calum Bunny. Uh, well, sure. Yeah, and, it's, and, it's and with the Mac, it was, you know, uh, with the Mac and the iPhone and the iPod, it all took time. But five years is a long time. Uh, and by the time five years in with the iPod and the iPhone, obviously it really hit their stride. Um, but we're going to talk about Federico U. I think Mike has something really cool to talk about first. Our friends at Smile are the last sponsor of this week's episode, and they would like us to talk about Text Expander Touch today, and I would love to talk about Text Expander Touch because it helps you save time and effort by expanding short abbreviations into frequently used text on your iOS devices. Whether it's something simple, like a frequently used address, an email signature, several paragraphs of a standard response, doesn't matter. It can be anything that you type frequently. That's what Text Expander can help you with. You will love how easy it is to use Text Expander to avoid typing these same things over and over again. 
You can sync all of your snippets from Text Expander on the Mac via Dropbox, meaning that all of your snippets are going to stay in sync on all of your devices. You can access your Text Expander snippets inside Smile's iOS app. Or you can enable Text Expander in the 60 plus apps in the store that have integrated snippets. Apps like OmniFocus, Day One, Launch Center Pro, Editorial, and many more. But this is the really cool new thing. With the new Text Expander Touch 3 on iOS 8, there is now that fantastic Text Expander custom keyboard. This allows you to expand abbreviations in all of your apps on the iPhone, iPad, or iPod Touch. This can be in Apple's official apps now as well. It doesn't matter what app you're in, you can enable the Text Expander keyboard and you're able to expand your snippets everywhere, allowing you to save all that time and hassle and keep those benefits of Text Expander everywhere with you whilst you're on iOS. This is something that simply could not be done before iOS 8, and the Text Expander keyboard has quickly become a favorite of many, including me, on iOS 8. Text Expander Touch respects your privacy. They ask for that full access, but all they're asking for is so they can share the snippet data that lives inside the main app with the keyboard. It's not doing anything crazy. It's not sending your keystrokes to somewhere else. Smile respects your privacy, and they've updated their privacy policy accordingly, which they've updated on their website. So you can see that if you want to. And if it's something you're concerned about, I urge you to go and take a look at it, because you can trust Smile. I do. I really love this keyboard. It's made an improvement for my work on iOS. Uh, I love how the lowercase and uppercase are correctly observed. Um, so I don't have to keep second-guessing that shift key. I love how I can throw things like addresses into emails, and I don't have to type them all in manually or copy and paste them from somewhere else. Go right now to the App Store and grab the new Text Expander Touch 3 and start saving time today. If you want to find out more, go to smilesoftware.com slash connected, and you can find out all you want to know. Thank you so much to Smile for their support of this show and Relay FM. So there have been a, a couple of stories floating around as uh, recently as today. So one on Recode and then one over on uh, Ben Thompson's site that I can't pronounce. It's Stratechery uh, now. Yeah, Stratechery. No, he's, he's gone with Stratechery now. It's okay. Stratechery because of – but now nobody knew how to say it, so now we're still in that situation, but it's Stratechery. Okay. So two articles talking very much about we what we just spoke about. Is the iPad still matter? Is it still relevant? Recode has a hilariously ancient screenshot on a hilariously ancient iPad in their article. It's kind of their their thing. It's and it's like horribly photoshopped. Like who lets these people near anything? I don't know. Uh so there's also a link on this little website called Mac Stories. Um and this guy, Federico Vitici, writes about the things that he kind of the opposite of that of like what he still needs a Mac for. And so there's things on here like local backups, screen recording, generating GIFs, podcasts, versioning, recording podcasts, which I know like before you mail us, the guys at out of school have done it. They do do it. It's a crazy setup. I don't want to do it. And I won't, I, let, I won't it. let Federico do it. Even no. if he um, wants to. <laughs> Installing betas of iOS because you can't install a beta from the device itself. So, like, I mean, Federico, like, are you seriously considering getting rid of OS X? Can I continue uh, to talk about me in the third person? Yes. Yes. Like, like, um, like Caesar, right? In yeah. the, in the what's the name? The Bello Gallico, the laden. Um, anyway, sure, uh, man. Whatever. I'm sure we'll get we'll get. <laughs> that's my laden studies from high school coming back. I'm sure we'll get follow up about this. Um, so. 
So yeah, I actually did consider uh, not fixing my MacBook Air and letting it die um, slowly, painfully. No, not really painfully. <laughs> you know, I'm not uh, not an evil guy. Um, but yeah, I just don't want to spend the money, big money on a Mac when I just don't use it that much. But still, I have a problem because as you as you noticed in that uh, Mac Stories website, um, I need my Mac for a few things still and those are important things so they they may not be features or tasks that i do several times a day for several hours every day but it's still essential tasks like when an ios an ios beta comes out i need to install it because i need to get ready for mac stories or you know gifs and and all these other things that i mentioned in my in my post so my idea okay so let me tell you about my ideas can I tell you about my ideas? I will I, tell you. I want to know ideas. your ideas. Okay, so my original idea was, I'm just not gonna care about my MacBook, MacBook Air. It'll die eventually. It'll become obsolete. I will not be able be able to install new versions of OS X. I'm already missing out on features such as handoff, uh, because apparently Apple has decided not to support it on my 2011 MacBook Air. So I thought I will just go full time with the iPad. And if the MacBook Air dies, I will just keep using the iPad. Maybe this year I will get an iPad Air because it's got a bigger screen. So if my Mac dies and I don't have a Mac anymore, uh, I need to somehow compromise on screen size. So even if I prefer the iPad mini form factor, if I go full, full time on the iPad and I don't see a Mac anymore, I'm probably going to get an iPad Air because it's a bigger screen. Um, and also because I have big hands, so it wouldn't be a huge problem. Um, and then I thought I could maybe get like uh, an external monitor and I could maybe plug in my iPad in the monitor. I don't know if that's a thing I that just, you can I do. I can't carry on. <laughs> so hold on. Uh, I don't want to spend 2,000 euros on a Mac. Jesus. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I could maybe use, uh, the, you know, I have a Dell. I have a Dell, a monitor that I use at home. <laughs> Sometimes, I don't know why I bought a Dell, honestly, but it was back when I was using my iMac. Anyway, uh, so I could maybe really plug in my iPad with some kind of cable into the monitor and like when I want to see bigger stuff, I can use the monitor. And then I thought, okay, maybe I want, uh, I, I need to think about this. Um, so I, I, I saw that link uh, a couple of days ago and I wanted to link to that. So I started thinking about, you know, all these features and I made a list and I realized uh, that I really uh, needed to consider not letting my MacBook die uh, because what, what am I supposed to do if my MacBook dies and I need to install an iOS beta? Do I just ask my girlfriend to, to use her Mac uh, to do the betas? Do we ask my girlfriend also for the GIFs and all these other uh, things that are not possible on my iPad? Um, so right now, I'm very much undecided uh, on, what I, on what I should do because I could probably try to come up with all sorts of workflows and stuff. But, you know, um, there's so... The, I cannot fix what's really impossible. I cannot make a workflow to install an iOS beta on the iPad because, you know, I cannot. And so my um, my second strategy at this point would be to follow um, 
this may sound like a surprise, but I may follow Ben Brooks' advice and try to um, do most of these tasks remotely on my Mac mini server and keep working on the iPad. But still, I would have the problem of installing betas and, you know, doing stuff locally that I cannot do uh, via uh, VNC or, you know, SSH and that kind of stuff. So like I don't know. as well. You, you that, kind that, of need That's it. possible. That's possible. That's still possible to do on the iPad. I, I could probably figure it out somehow. And I won't tell you because otherwise you, you would be all bossy and, you know, well, don't do that. And Well, know. yeah, because it's kind of important <laughs> that you can record your... I, would, I will assure you, you won't even notice. Oh, I'll notice. Because uh, I actually don't even think that you can power your microphone. You you cannot power your microphone from an iPad. So that's how I'll notice because you'll need a new I microphone. can power my microphone from, from a mixer. Oh, I think. Very good. So you need to <laughs> the understand. Moral of the story you need to understand. Is... Okay, no, the moral of the story is that I want to save money. I don't want to buy a new Mac. A mixer because would you, probably be more expensive. You could repair your mic your Mac. See, I don't want to do that either because I don't want to go to the Apple store and explain and then wait a few days and then you could I don't steal like getting Mac. I don't like getting phone calls from people so they would call me, hey your Mac is ready and <laughs> come back. So I go back and everybody's cheering, you know, we fix your Mac. And I just you know, I'm weird like that. And and I, I don't know. I Seems don't know like guys. it. I, I mean, I think it's really interesting to consider doing iPad only work. And and clearly like people in the chat room are like, yeah, my mom does it. Like clearly lots of people can work just from iOS, but it's about an individual certain set of tasks. And I think you did a really fair job in your article of saying like, I would do it except for these things and outlining what those things are. It's, it would be a crazy experiment. It's one that would make me nervous watching, but I think for, for kind of what you do, I think, you know, I think you could buy a cheap Mac Mini and hook it up on that Dell display and be fine. Yeah, that's also another possible solution. Yeah. If Apple ever updates the Mac Mini, <laughs> that's another story. Tomorrow, I'm telling you, man. It's going to be tomorrow. You sure? No. I can dream. <laughs> yeah, see, that's, uh, that's probably also uh, a solution. But then I, w- I wouldn't have... See, what ideally... What I would like is if if somebody came here, took my Mac without telling me, and I like the next morning I wake up and Mac is fixed and I don't have to do anything. Oh, the Mac like, Santa, or the the like the Mac Butler, you know? Yeah, I just don't want to don't want to think about it. I'll to- be right over, sir. <laughs> see with that British voice. Mm-hmm. Um, see, I. And I don't want to spend any money because I feel like even a, a repair is not worth... Like, I don't like working on my Mac anymore because it's just confession time at this point. I don't like using my Mac anymore. Um, I feel like it's frustrating, especially after you get used to the simplicity of iOS. And and this may sound weird from somebody who, you know, it's my job to, to write about this stuff. I just don't enjoy iOS time anymore. I think it's boring and I'm not excited by Yosemite at all. 
Um, I think it's. I'm getting constantly all these little pop-ups and banners and stuff and windows resize and they forget their position and you you have to click and drag stuff and and it's weird, especially after you get used to iOS. Uh, I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate for this. I don't care. Um, I just don't enjoy using a Mac anymore. Like I have to use it. And because I have to use it, I don't want to spend money. If I have, to, if I really must spend money, it has to be the you know smallest amount possible. So there's that. You should get a Mac Mini. You should get a Mac Mini. You should get a Mac Mini. I think that is your honestly, Federico. I think that is your solution. You get a Mac Mini for the stuff that you can't do anything about, including podcasting, installing betas the heavy things that you might need to do from time to time. The Mac Mini is the cheapest way in. You've got a monitor already, so you can plug it straight in. A keyboard is not expensive. I have that, my keyboard. so You should get a Mac Mini. Don't replace or, or repair your, your laptop, I don't think. Because you should smash your laptop. For everything that people usually use a laptop for, you use your iPad for that. Like yeah. You should yeah. get a Mac Mini, because then you can also have the Mac Mini do things for you. Um, you know, I know that you have a, a great, you know, server Mac Mini Colo, who help us with our live streaming. Thank you, Mac Mini Colo. Um, th- I think that you should consider. I think you should really consider that, and especially if Apple do update it, then you can get a uh, refurbished one or something like that. Hmm. Totally. I think you should do it. Genuinely, I am currently speaking to you via a Mac Mini. Yeah, that's um, probably I, what I'm gonna do. Yeah. I think that's just. I genuinely think that's your solution because they're really not that expensive. Like, all right, they're not cheap, but they're not that expensive. It's like the price of an iPad. So, and I already have a monitor and the keyboard and the trackpad. Exactly. So it exactly. Would, it would be cheaper probably for you to buy a new sort of uh, base level Mac Mini than it would for you to probably replace to to fix your computer. <laughs> I have a G4 Mac <laughs> mini I can mail you. Don't take yeah. that from him. No, no, no. I'm just going to I'm going to wait for the announcement and then I'm going to get the base model probably. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I think that's the best of both worlds and you know. What do I do with my MacBook Air? <laughs> I think <laughs> I told a you, problem. You drop it off your new balcony and film it in high speed from the, the ground yeah. and put it on YouTube and monetize the heck out with, of it mm-hmm. with ads. Yeah. All you need to do See, is, yeah, is find a, a box. Bin test. See if it bends. Find a box which for a new uh, MacBook Air, and then just like pretend that you just bought it and then throw it because that's what makes the money. <laughs> it makes the big bucks. Put it on okay. YouTube. That's. I think we're done. If you'd like to find the show notes for this week's episode, head on over to relay.fm slash connected slash nine. If you'd like to find Federico Vitici on the internet, he is at maxstories.net and he is at Vitici on Twitter, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. Stephen writes at 512pixels.net and he is at ISMH on Twitter. I am a podcaster. I have many podcasts at relay.fm and I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E on Twitter too. The show has at underscore connected FM. And if you want to reach us via email, you can find a link to do that on our page on the Relay FM website. Thanks again to our sponsors for this week's episode, Squarespace, Dash, and Smile. Go and check out those fantastic companies and help support Relay FM too. We'll be back next time. Until then, bye-bye. Arrivederci. Adios.